Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season two, episode seven. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Taj, and I am also an actress, filmmaker, and activist. Today, we are talking about mystery suspense movies. Ooh. Mystery suspense. Keep you on your toes. Who's that from the corner? (laughs) Jaws. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's get into our movies. First one up is The Silence of the Lambs, 1991, directed by Jonathan Dim. So this movie is so intense. This movie stars Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling, who is a top FBI student in the training academy. And... Jack Crawford, played by Scott Glenn, wants Clarice to interview Dr. Hannibal Lecter. So (laughs) that name. Oh, my God. So many people just know that name to just stand for so much. I feel like the movie is a classic just just from his character. (laughs) Like, but yeah. The Hannibal Lecter character. Just Hannibal is all that and then some. Played by Anthony Hopkins. I believe it's Sir Anthony Hopkins now. But Hannibal Lecter... Wow, this doctor is super crazy. He is a very intelligent psychiatrist, but he's also a psychopath. And so he is serving a life sentence for not just murder, but he's serving a life sentence for cannibalism. He's out here eating people. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's out here eating people. Yeah, like heads are rolling and then he ate them. (laughs) Like he, (laughs) the heads roll and then he ate it. Okay, anyway. Clarice believes that Lecter will be able to assist her in a case um, because she's trying to solve this this missing person's case. Um, And she may just be the bait to kind of draw him out of his uh, shell, cell shell, because he's in jail. So jail cell, cell shell. And uh, (laughs) why? Oh my goodness. But this film um, <laughs> This film has definitely slower beats um um when you see the scenes between uh Clarice and Hannibal, uh between Jody and Anthony and the conversations are definitely adrenaline inducing and it, you're at the edge of your seat. Um at the same time, you really don't know if she's going to be able to solve this case before it's too late. And so there's so many unexpected twists in the film that were not left out in the making of this film either, behind the scenes. Michelle Pfeiffer was first choice for Clarice, and Gene Hackman was the first choice to play Hannibal Lecter. I think it's always so weird to find out after a movie has been made and left its mark, people that were up for it, because it's like, wow, I could not... It would have been different. Right. It would be a totally different movie. Um, Foster won the role, ultimately, after she tried out multiple times, and Gene Hackman dropped out completely for fear of being typecast as a villain because he had just filmed Mississippi Burning and his character in that movie was 
ooh, so horrendous. And he's like, ah, I don't want to do the same thing twice. But this film actually won Oscars for Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Picture at the 1992 Academy Awards. So they racked up. Oh, my goodness. Fun fact, unlike popular quotes, most people say, uh, good morning, Clarice. But the line is actually, good evening, Clarice, when he's talking to her. Uh-huh. uh-huh yeah they asked they actually in the movie there's this one scene where they put the um i feel like it's like a like a like a mask to keep him from like eating people and, and like biting people it's like what is that thing called the mask kind of like what i put oh were you it's like over their nose and their mouth that's it yeah yeah so i know what you're talking about but i don't know what it's called yeah they put that on his mouth. It's kind of like what I try and put on my dog, <laughs> Tinsley. Oh, so yes. He doesn't bite. <laughs> too bad that it didn't actually go over too well because Tinsley will always shake out of it. <laughs> anyway, they put that on him and he ends up, and there's this one scene where the FBI show up and he actually ends up like biting this guy's ear off, I believe, or like biting his nose off. It was super crazy. But yeah, so crazy. Great movie. I believe it's available to stream or rent on Amazon Prime. So you can check that out. Silence of the Lambs, 1991. So my second movie I'm going to get into is The Usual Suspects, 1995, directed by Brian Singer. Now his name (laughs) is Mud now, but it used to be synonymous with Kaiser Soze. Now, when I say his name is Mud, what I mean is his name used to be held to a different standard or say it was revered at one time or another, but now it's not totally known for anything good. Um, the character I'm talking, the person I'm talking about who played the character Kaiser Soje is actually Kevin Spacey, who regrettably now we know is a disgraced actor due to personal life choices. But yeah, Kaiser Soze yeah, was a great um character very multifaceted and so many different like dimensions and dynamics with that character um 1996 he won best actor for his role as kaiser soze and the usual suspects this film also won best original screenplay so the usual suspects if you haven't seen it i don't want to give too much away because this is a movie where it really hits you when it's your first time watching it it's about a con man who named kent who glorifies the most enigmatic criminal of all time, Kaiser Soze. And so Kent attempts to convince the feds that the mythic crime lord not only exists, but is responsible for drawing Kent and his four partners into a multi-million dollar heist that ended with an explosion in the San Pedro Harbor, leaving little to no survivors. So this film is one of those movies where, like I said, it's nothing like watching it for the first time. It keeps you on your toes from start to finish and if you haven't seen it, it is so wild. I don't want to spoil the ending or anything like that. Um, but some fun facts about the movie. The title and poster image was thought up before the story was even written. And Kevin Spacey wanted to play any role in this film <laughs> because he was a huge fan of the director, Brian Singer. So he's just like, just let me do your movie. I don't care. Give me anything. About, give me anything. He's <laughs> like, he's just let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. And so um, Singer was inspired to make a parallel to the wizard of oz with this movie um if you watch the movie you can kind of see the parallels of it um who's behind the mask who is um 
the wizard, as it were, because Kaiser Soze, he's like, you know, he's omnipresent. Is he there or not really? You know what I mean? And, you know, who's behind that mask? Much like the mask he had on in <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Anyway, great movie. I believe it's available to stream as well on Amazon Prime or rent on demand. So check that out if you have not seen that already. It is a great classic. Last film I'm going to get into is Gone Girl 2014, directed by David Fincher. So this movie is set in Carthage, Missouri. Former New York-based writer Nick Dunn, played by Ben Affleck, and his glamorous wife, Amy, played by Rosamund Pike, present a portrait of a very happy, blissful marriage to the, pub- to the public. However, when Amy goes missing on the couple's uh, goes missing on the couple's fifth wedding anniversary, Nick becomes the prime suspect in her disappearance. And that's a very typical thing, actually, when someone goes missing or, or someone is uh, murdered and they um, or they get killed or something like that. It's like foul play and things like that. First, police typically do look at the partner if they had one. They look at them first. Um, but they all suspect that he did it. So the police pressure and the media frenzy causes Ben Affleck's uh, character, Nick Dunn's image of a happy man and a happy life and union to completely crumble. Um, and it actually, through the movie, kind of uncover who they are and they're not the perfect happy couple they seem to be. Um, it's very enticing. It has moments of black comedy sprinkled in. Uh, very interesting, unconventional story. I feel like... Everyone should check this out um, at least once if you haven't seen it. But Gone Girl is really good. Um, directed by David Fincher. And David Fincher is known for having the um, the story be kind of unconventional and move at a different pace where you kind of have to keep up. David Fincher also did movies like Social Network and Seven, which we talked about last season. So if you kind of watch his uh, cinematography and kind of see, kind of shows traces of David and like how he likes to work. Um, but yeah, great film. Check that out. Hope you enjoyed my movies. Those are my movies for this week. Taji, let them know what yours are. Yes. So we're going to start it off with probably one of the creepiest films that I've ever seen in my whole life. Orphan. 2009 Orphan, y'all. This movie, the worst thing about this is my mom had us watching this movie when we were close to this girl's age. That's the problem is we were like... <laughs> young watching this movie i have never been so terrified in my life Me so the plot too. goes like this <laughs> girl a mess no yeah i saw um, it was a whole mess Who yeah saying? if you saw it in theaters i am so sorry for you and i hope that you're doing way better than you were that night um <laughs> yeah <laughs> So uh, the plot goes like this. Devastated by the loss of their unborn baby, Kate and John decide to adopt a child. At the orphanage, both feel drawn to a little girl named Esther. And soon the couple take their new daughter home. But when a dangerous series of events unfolds, Kate begins to suspect that there is something evil lurking behind the child's angelic exterior. Y'all, this movie. 78 point eight million at the box office and and if you watch the movie you will understand why um this is kind of ca- it's it's like mystery suspense psychological horror like it's just so just mysterious because this nine-year-old girl is like 
actually, I, I'm trying not to spoil it, but this girl is not who she appears to be, basically. Um, I feel like the story um, by Alex Mace, my guy, you are very sick, but this movie is like, this this story he, this need a hug, is, Alex. he needs a hug and he needs some milk like honestly because this i mean this plot is so well developed i feel like this is such a unique story that we've never seen anything like this before and i was just looking on homegirl's instagram like this movie has like set her good for the rest of her career like oh. she is like amazing like she um also um, is like now doing a lot of different uh, projects. Um, I was just looking on her Instagram. Like I said, she looks good. She looks like she's just minding her business. She's uh, in her bio. She was like, yes, I'm the orphan from the orphan. <laughs> and it's just like, you know that uh, your movie did well when you have that credit still in your bio on Instagram. Like homegirl is Isabel. Sorry, Isabel Furman is her name. Um, girl. And she was also in the Hunger Games um, as well. I believe it was the, was it the second movie? Um, I can't remember. Or maybe it was one. I think she was in one. But she was in the Hunger Games as well. Literally, like, as a child, I was hiding, peeking between my fingers, like, what is about to happen next? And my mom loves mystery suspense movies. This is her favorite genre. And she would have that movie on repeat like it's just such a well-developed movie um i just really appreciate the plot and um it didn't get that good of a rating on rotten tomatoes because they're haters but whatever um a lot of people i mean i guess people might think it's sick and inappropriate i guess i don't know if that's why the ratings I mean, weren't as well i think it was a really well done movie isabel totally kills it in that role and i know that um she's done like a lot of projects like you had said and she's been super active but that's that one movie where she stands out and we're always gonna know oh it's that girl from orphan oh my goodness and yeah because she was so young and like to be able to deliver a dramatic performance like that like mm-hmm. that was just almost was just I, really I liked it to that movie witness oh wait that was that with one, uh, witness was really good uh her wait. performance reminds me of that movie Witness, and I believe that it came out in the eighties, like eighty five. Oh, that movie! Mm-hmm. Lucas Hodge. Have I played, seen like, this? Samuel. And there's that one scene where like Harrison Ford's trying to find him, and he's hiding on the toilet because he's on top of the toilet seat, and then he sees a murder. Like I liken it to like, you know oh what I mean? Gosh. Like that performance because he was like really young, yeah. like, really impactful. But yeah. yeah. It was, this, oh my gosh, girl. Yeah. This also, the cinematography and the music was so like, um, un, is unorthodox the word for lack of better words, but like it was so offbeat so that you wouldn't expect what was about to pop up. And mm-hmm. like just her, just, she was freaking those parents out, bro. Like really, please watch this film if y'all have not already. You would just see just a great, um, mysterious like storyline and, and the nuns it's not too. predictable at all like she scared not. the nuns too like I mean if a nun Girl, the rosary I'm out the hospital <laughs> the hospital scene I'm sick I'm sick of it oh my gosh you guys need to watch you guys need to watch it um, you really do but a lot of I don't know um, I, I don't know what the other half of the critics were thinking but a lot of people um, definitely rave about it. Um, it's see unique, interesting story twist. 
Um, if you want to see it as a movie, then it's worth watching. Um, and just people who are critics, you know, they judge movies harder. Um, like some somebody uh, said, if Orphan were more exuberant, a bit more diabolically crazy, a bit more swiftly paced, it might be fun. Um, so I guess it was a little bit more slow paced for some people, but you know, other people, other critics said orphan is chilling without trying too hard to be so. So I feel like, you know, everything is also subjective to like, everybody has their own opinion, but, um, yeah, orphan, please go watch it. It's on, uh, Amazon prime. If y'all want to rent it, it's on YouTube as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which is Leo's company. Like mm-hmm. Caprio that I do know as well so I feel like if there's like people like sliding the movie or whatever I feel like there is a degree of like people that are like directors and producers may not be fans of actors trying to do their mm. own so maybe that's why it got more heat than it needed oh like depending on who it's produced by yeah. they're like oh ew, by, like, ew. company and he's an actor so he doesn't know anything about making movies he knows how to be in a movie you know what I mean Wait, the hierarchy is. oh yeah, because Leonardo DiCaprio was one of the producers. Yeah. I mean, but people love Leo. I don't know. Dang. But not. it's also people are so it's they're haters. They may love him as a frontman, you know what I mean? But they're like, don't. but they're like, why are you producing this type thing? Yeah. Like, don't produce movies, just be in them. <laughs> Girl, I could give my my money to whatever movie I want to. Leave me alone. That's what I'm saying. And haters, so many actors that turn producers anyway. So that's what I'm saying. Let people be what they want. Anyways, go support the movie. Watch it, y'all. Like this is like my top five. If I'm talking mystery and suspense, this is like top five for sure. This is like classic. If you have not seen it, please get on it immediately. Um, expeditiously watch it. (laughs) Um, but yes, next movie is (laughs) the movie that every film student has to see. In at least one class, Memento, 2000 Memento, um, directed and written by Christopher Nolan, um, written by the, the Nolan brothers, okay? Um, Jonathan Nolan actually wrote the uh, short story that I believe it was written after they produced this film. It was written afterwards, uh, which is really interesting. So yeah, this movie is definitely like, you have to watch this movie more than once. Leonard is tracking down the man who raped and murdered his wife. The difficulty, however, of locating his wife's killer is compounded by the fact that he suffers from a rare, untreatable form of memory loss. Although he can recall details of life before his accident, Leonard cannot remember what happened 15 minutes ago, where he's going, or why. Uh, So this was... um, it says 2000, I think the official release date was in 2001 in March. Um, and this film uh, won, t- how many awards did this win? Too many to count. <laughs> Too many to count. Um, yeah, Christopher Nolan won a lot. You know, Independent Spirit Award for Best Director, um, Sundance Film Festival, Waldo Salt Screenwriter, MTV Movie Award for Best New Filmmaker. So they won a lot of awards the pre- the year after in 2002 um at the box office 39.7 million not too bad um it's classified as an american neo-noir psychological thriller film um which is another way to say a uh, dark mystery suspense <laughs> but um yeah this uh this film uh, stars guy pierce um love him i think that this film is a good studying 
like tool for writers. Like if you want to write a really good story, um, this is like definitely one of those. So as he's trying to figure out, you know, what happened to his wife, there's these, these pieces of symbolism throughout the movie, things that are written on, you know, um, you know, his self kind of like tattoos, you know, and, and like, there's, there's just like different hints, different gems that are, uh, dropped throughout the film to help you along. The main thing that makes the film stand out is the, um, non chronological order of the way that they tell the story. Um, so, you know, the themes and the potential meanings are one, but you know, it's not in it, it. The film goes through the present while also going backwards through the past. And the opening, the the opening shot of the film is the end is the ending shot of the film. Like the beginning is the end. It's very like strategic and like, I'm pretty sure they spent years like writing out and planning this story to a T. Um, somebody wrote an article and mentioned that if you, you know, if you were to cut the movie in the correct order and straighten it, straighten out the um, chronology, um, you would watch the black and white scenes in order from one to 21, I believe. Um, but it just still, either way, it just, it just still knocks, you know, other movies in this genre out of the park. I feel like just in terms of like, you know, mystery investigator, you know, but like he has bad, he has bad memory. And then this guy who's is supposed to be helping him, but then there's a twist with that. So it's just like, it's a lot. I think I did have a headache after watching this movie. I'm not even going to lie, but um, it definitely is something that you need to like, really sit down and watch like don't don't look away for too long because you will definitely miss something (laughs) um but yeah it's definitely jumbled um and a lot of people didn't like it because I feel like they just you know filmed a whole bunch of scenes and just slapped them together without any purpose just to make it look cool but Mm -hmm. if you pay attention it's just it's just such a creative take on a way to tell a story and it keeps the audience thinking sometimes you don't want to tell the audience everything um you want to leave room for creative thought and you know it makes the audience creative like oh it could have ended this way or you know what happened in between those scenes or like whatever so I really liked I like things that I don't understand simply because I don't understand them like we don't know everything so I really appreciated this film. Um, I haven't read the short story, but I should probably do that. Um, but yeah, go watch it. Support it if you want to. Some people be like, no, don't watch it. <laughs> um, but um, I think y'all should. Um, I don't know if it's on any online streaming platforms right now. Oh, wait. Yep. Oh, there she goes. It's on Amazon Prime, as usual. Every Everything is. So definitely do that. Um, last movie. <sighs> A classic. I think this is one of my mom's favorite films, but The Sixth Sense, 1999, mm-hmm. our favorite drama mystery mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, Haley Joel Osment and Bruce Willis. Uh, whew, this film, that was out of pocket with this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> directed and written by, by the GOAT, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Look, if you are looking for a well- like written just oh my gosh dramatic mysterious action-packed keep you on your toes movie M. Night Shyamalan will definitely do it for you and everybody knows that period but yes so young Cole Sear is haunted by a dark secret he is visited by ghosts 
Cole is frightened by visitations from those with unresolved problems who appear from the shadows. He is too afraid to tell anyone about his anguish except child psychologist Dr. Malcolm, uh, sorry, excuse me, except child psychologist Dr. Malcolm Crow. As Dr. Crow tries to uncover the truth about Cole's supernatural abilities, the consequences for client and therapist are a jolt that awakens them both to something unexplainable. This movie had me on my back, my back, because I was trying to get as far away from the TV as possible. I was scrunching up um, with my blanket the first time I watched this film. I was like, ooh, no, it's too much. But this film, let's see, at the box office, $672.8 million with a $40 million um, budget. Wow, amazing. Um, so it did really well, as we all know. <laughs> um, I think that... This film is definitely like, I feel like all, all the films that I've mentioned thus far have had such a unique plot, a unique storyline that, you know, is not super, super common. Um, really, really creepy. Um, anytime you involve child actors in any type of mystery suspense, it's just going to be a mess and you're going to be a wreck. Um, you know, everybody, it's still to this day, like, basically 20 years later and we're still saying i see dead people like come on now like it's just such a classic classic and yeah it's just it's just it's it has a long shelf life i feel like you know it's one of those movies you return back to because you want to understand um i think that in this film um as we watch you know this psychologist try to help this boy and he gets reeled in Cole like had to do a lot of you know just intense like staring intense looking and I feel like he mastered that um additionally the blocking for a lot of scenes where you know they had to make things look like things were there and then they weren't like that was so impressive to me like watching them do that like oh my gosh and I've seen this with euphoria like when they had a scene where Zendaya had to like lay back and then she had to like run up and then land somewhere else as the camera is panning and you're like whoa how do they do that and it's like some of it is done on the spot and so I'm very curious I should probably find the behind the scenes but looking at how they um, juxtapose things to be there and then not there and just like you know, all the special effects to see, you know, like literally like, oh, you see this girl and then you don't see this girl. And then, you know, the I'm mostly referring to the scene in the kitchen with, you know, his mom when all the cabinets, you know, were opened and stuff like that. Like, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. But it, it was amazing. I liked it. Um, I'm not like a huge mystery suspense person, but I feel like these three films really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um very very intriguing and creepy and now i want to go watch them all um but yeah those are my three films hope you all have enjoyed perfect let's get into our next segment which is personal everest so now when one makes a big segment uh, excuse me now when one makes a big summit up a mountain say mount everest for example there are a set of skills and tools set that one must master with a great team around them to get the job done. So the personal Everest for a director making a mystery suspense film is that the surprises have to be evenly timed, almost like I liken it to stand-up comedy, how you have to time your jokes um, so that the, uh, the cues and everything are kind of the same and there's no delays in reaction from the audience. 
So we're talking about two vastly different genres, of course, but one must know there's a degree of knowing when to drop the bomb on audiences and when to make them wait for it. What do you think, Tosh? Yeah, I think it's a hard kind of like balance of like wanting to do things, you know, right when the audience expects it versus like, you know, kind of throwing them off a little bit, which is like part of mystery suspense, right? So I feel like you have like a lot of creative freedom there, like Mm -hmm. doing that. All that other stuff will come. You can make a decision on it, but it'll have the same effect for the most part, as long as the story is there to back it up. It just has to be purposeful. So, yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed our films. Tune in next week. We will have a special episode dedicated to Black History Month. Special episode. Tosh is excited. We are so ready. I'm excited. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at ShayButterPop, or you can follow us on Instagram at ShayButterPopCorn, or you can follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And follow me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. Follow us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Suggest me. Yes. Yes, please tell us any topics that you guys want us to talk about. Any genres you think that we're missing. Let us know. DM us. All right. See you next week. Bye.